0: The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Throughout the Christmas season, we hear this verse from the prophet Isaiah. This verse is fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. He's come to bring us light, to bring us salvation, to bring us truth. To reveal that the meaning of life is love and mercy. Unfortunately, and maybe fortunately, he didn't do away with all darkness. There's a lot of darkness in our world. In our own personal lives. But the prophet Isaiah helps us understand one really, really important truth. I'm always blown away by this verse, especially I studied a lot during Advent, all the readings. It says that the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder and the rod of their sin have been smashed, destroyed. As on the day of Midian, Jesus has really come into the world to destroy death and sin. And distance from God. And he brings this gift to the world every single day. He wants to destroy and smash the sin that is in our life. Every day. No longer does sin or darkness or death have the final word On our life. It's been smashed. Destroyed. Jesus. Some theologians say. Put death. To death. No longer. I love this word. Smashed. Does anyone else like the word smashed? I have a nephew. That. Sometimes loves to smash his toys. Knocks things over. I remember when he was just really young, he would play with my father, his grandfather, with some little toy and they'd knock it over and they'd get a big kick out of it. And they'd say, boom, And it would fall over. Our God wants to do this to the darkness and sin and suffering In our life. Wants to smash it. Destroy it. And invite us to live. In light. And in love. The burden. The yoke. The rod. The distance between us and God. Has been destroyed. By Jesus. Nothing that we have done. On our own merit. But a gratuitous. And amazing gift. From God. This is why we come to Mass on Sunday. To be reminded of God's initiative of destroying death. And on Sunday, He rose from the dead. We're children of the resurrection. Of the definitive victory of love over sin. It's not just a moral obligation. That'd be horrible if we had to go to church for obligation. Sunday is the key that unlocks the mystery of who we are and the truth of who God is. This great lover of our life. Destroying sin. Today in the gospel, Matthew returns to this prophecy from Isaiah. He begins saying that with the beginning of his gospel that this prophecy is fulfilled in Jesus. He quotes this. The people walked in darkness, but they've seen a great light. God wants to show us His light every day. We have to make space for God. Make space for this light. This is why we come to Sunday Mass. This is why we should pray. Why we should kind of turn off our phones and our technology for a little bit every day to be reminded of these truths that our life needs God I had a beautiful confession this afternoon and I have no idea who it was but they asked me you know why do I experience so much darkness in my life and in my thoughts it's a great mystery. But it's really important to be aware of the darkness and difficulties and drama in our life. This is where God wants to meet us. He doesn't want to shine and bring His light to some abstract and far off place. But He wants to come into the darkness and difficulties of our life. We're often unaware, oblivious of our fallen and wounded condition of original sin. It's a great mystery. But this is behind most of our sins. We have this disordered inclination and desire that leads us away from the love of God and our neighbor. That leads us to believe that lies are true. And in our world today, which is a little bit crazy, I say it's flipped upside down twice, we're bombarded by darkness. We don't live outside of this world or outside of the condition of original sin. We're embedded in this world and in this condition. But the beauty of this truth is that God wants to come into the darkness of our life. Call us by name. Bring his light and his mercy. I think two of the most privileged places of this are the mass and the confessional. We can go to confession. Have all of our sins forgiven. It's like a new birth. Start fresh. Every single time we do something that's not appropriate. When we fail to love God or our neighbor. It's always one of the easiest reminders that we're defined by His mercy and not by what we are capable or incapable of doing. He frees us from sin. Calls us by name. We're children of light. This past week, I started this intense course at the hospital and It's been very intense. Down at the hospital in Lakewood, St. Anthony's Hospital. This afternoon, while shadowing one of the people who were further along, major heart attack came in. Looked like the guy had a good chance of dying. It was very dramatic. But we got the page and we went. This reminds me of what God does when things get difficult in our life. It's a comparison. It's not like he gets the page, but in a certain sense he gets the page and comes. Wants to be with us. Wants to walk with us in our difficulties. Inviting us to grasp Take a hold of the light. This is the truth of our God. He comes. Comes always. In the good, the bad, and the ugly. And He wants us to walk with Him. We have to remember as well that He walks with us, but He doesn't magically just make the difficulties in darkness go away. But He's present in the darkness. We have to follow this light. After Matthew cites this prophecy, he begins the public ministry of Jesus. The first words Jesus says is, repent and believe the good news. Not my favorite word, repent. But it's the invitation to recognize our need to change. The recognition of the darkness and difficulties and my inability to love God and my neighbor at all times and to ask for my heart to change. That's Jesus' message. First word, repent and believe the good news. And it is really good news. I almost wanted to say a bad word there. It's really good news. It's amazing news. We need to hear this news every day. He calls the first set of brothers, Simon and Andrew, and then James and John. And it's beautiful. They're fishermen. I always loved how Jesus called them. He said, boys, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Jesus wants to speak our language. Speaks them with the language that they know. Our God wants to call us by name. You know, I was thinking what he would say to me. You know, it's like, Father John, you know, I'm going to make you a golfer of men. Or <laughs> a basketball player, you know, to share the good news. Our God wants to call us by name. He knows us. He knows us really well. fairly really intimate. And he wants to use our passions and talents as well to help build the kingdom, to help share this good news. Then I loved how this ended. Said so Jesus preached and went around healing every illness. Every. We have to bring our illnesses, our darkness, our suffering to our Lord. He's the divine healer. So as we begin this weekend, let's pray for this grace to recognize the light in the darkness. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. There's a lot of darkness in our world. We can't pretend we live outside the world or that we're just, we don't sin. If we we think that, we're really far away from the truth of our hearts and of the world. Jesus really wants us to grasp a hold of his light. So we pray for this grace to allow our hearts to be converted, to be defined by his light and nothing else. One last thing. I was struck in the second reading, just hearing it now. And they said, St. Paul, he must have been quite the guy. He said, Were you crucified by, you know, Apollo? Rebaptized baptized in Apollo's name. Is that where you're looking for salvation? We have to look to Christ for our salvation. We're not going to find it in anything else. In the mundane goods, mundane distractions, they're not going to bring us salvation. They're not going to bring us happiness. Our hearts are made for God's love. And when we live in God's love, we can share that love with others especially our spouses and our children and our coworkers. So we really pray that this love may grow in our hearts this week.